This morning's scripture reading is taken from the fifth chapter of Matthew, uh, verses 3 through 11. And I'm um, reading from the, the uh, English Standard Version. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you as you falsely account on my account. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning again. It's good to see everyone here. I'm glad that you're here worshiping with us. Um, yeah, I am nervous today, and I am never nervous, so I don't know what that means for today. So uh, buckle up, I guess. But... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, as, uh, as most of you know, school started up uh, this last week, and so I figured now would be a good time to have a bit of a pop quiz. Um, so obviously I won't be collecting your answers, but, you know, you can grade yourselves based on what I say after. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of you, I know you hate taking tests and you're going to feel defeated right away. But uh, there's no need to do that, okay? Don't feel bad uh, if you've never thought about any of these questions that I'm about to ask. Uh, and don't feel bad if you quickly realize that uh, I'm going against what you thought. Um, uh, I actually, I had a, uh, a class that I took in seminary a few years back um, that our topic today, which is happiness, um, really shed a whole lot of light on, on uh, the topic and made me rethink things. And um, so I kind of want to share some of that with you. So don't feel bad if you've got uh, the same ideas that I had before. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, so we'll get, uh, we'll get into this. It was actually taught by Randy Alcorn. If, uh, if any of you know that book, uh, Heaven, it's like 500 pages. It just goes through the Bible and talks like every reference to heaven and everything. Anyways, uh, that guy was the guy who taught it. And so he did the same thing with the topic of happiness. He went through, it's like 450 pages. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot actually on the topic. And so uh, there's uh, just been some really great insights that have stuck with me since then. So, all right, ready for the quiz? Okay, first question is, is God happy? Does God want you to be happy? Is he concerned about you being pleased in life? Was Jesus happy? What is the difference, if any, between happiness and joy? And lastly, is it wrong to seek happiness? All right, now, I don't know where you all are at, uh, and you're, you're thinking through that, but uh, I don't know if these were new questions for you or not, but uh, if they weren't new, were they questions that you've ever intentionally thought through? Because uh, I know sometimes you have questions that you sort of ponder, but you never actually 
sit down and work through, uh, at least I do all the time. Uh, you never reach a conclusion. Uh, but I think what's interesting about these questions is that it seems to me that happiness is on everyone's mind. Uh, and I'm not just talking about those in the church, but in the world. I mean, you can talk to anybody about happiness, right? Because um, everyone seems to be after it. Um, like people build their lives around that goal, right, of, of being happy. They will go to great lengths to try to be happy in this world. Um, St. <clears throat> Augustine said, uh, every man, whatsoever his condition, desires to be happy. Uh, <clears throat> but how, how should we, those who are in the church, feel about this? Is he right when he says that, that every man uh, desires to be happy? Or are Christians just to seek contentment? Uh, I could spend this whole sermon asking questions, but I promise we'll dig a little and see if we can find some answers um, uh, together. So first, let's examine God. Okay, is God happy? <clears throat> so God is above all and over all. Uh, and I think a lot of us just view God as this very stoic figure, uh, maybe somber as he looks at the sin in the world. Uh, and definitely angry, right? I mean, especially when you're reading Old Testament, you get this picture of God's wrath that I think... Uh, paints him maybe a little differently than we otherwise would view him. Uh, and so God, we, we view him as this guy who's upset with his creation because they're screwing everything up that he's made and uh, made perfect. Uh, and while I think that there's a, a sliver of truth in that, God is unhappy about our sin, uh, there is also, I think, uh, I think that we're missing the fuller picture here. God created us, first of all, because he wanted to. And God being God, being omniscient, knowing all things, he knew that we would ultimately sin uh, and that we would be in this big mess to begin with. Uh, <clears throat> and so he created us anyways. And why did he declare everything good after he created it? Um, how do we picture God as he is creating it? I mean, is he just still stoic as he's creating these, you know, the great lakes and the mountains and uh, all these amazing, beautiful things in the world? Are we picturing him just sort of doing it? Or is he smiling? I mean, is, you know, I mean he's, not, he's not human, so uh, he doesn't take on the, the human, uh, <clears throat> he doesn't look like us, basically. But, uh, but you can imagine, I mean, he's got to be feeling happy about this, right? I mean, he's, he's creating it, he's delighting in his creation. We see that all throughout scripture, God delighting in his creation. Uh, Jeremiah thirty two forty one says, I will rejoice in doing them good. Jesus in John 15 says that he told the disciples these things so that his joy would be in them. Uh, Matt Perman, in an article on Desiring God, said that God is infinitely happy because he is infinitely glorious. Uh, <clears throat> he is enthusiastic about what he is doing in the world. And he rejoices in delivering his people. These are repeated throughout scripture, time and time again. God delighting in his creation. He's delighting in the good works that he's doing over the world. Uh, so why is it that we don't view him as happy? Uh, a popular Bible verse that is often cut short is Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I have set you over much. But there's actually more to it. It ends with this. Uh, <clears throat> Enter into the joy of your master. Okay, God is inviting us to participate in the same happiness that he experiences. Uh, Psalm 16:11 says, "You have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore." 
God is associated with joy and pleasure all throughout Scripture. Now, some of you are very skeptical about this idea and observant, okay, that the word happy was actually never used in any of those verses. I've used joy, I've used blessed, I've used, uh, you know, pleasure, uh, <clears throat> all those things, but, you know, I never actually said the word happy in those verses. So, uh, it would per- uh, perhaps appear then that God is not happy, but only joyful or blessed, uh, etc. However, when we look at these words uh, biblically and how they are used, we see them used interchangeably uh, to an unmistakable degree, at least in my opinion, uh, that it makes it difficult to come to any other conclusion than to say that there is no real difference between the words joy, happiness, blessedness. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, we have, uh, yeah. By the way, we are covering a lot uh, of ground today, so anything I say today, there can and probably should be a lot more said about it. Um, but uh, we're not going to be able to cover it all today. So if you have questions, I would love to talk to you afterwards. Um, but for starters, okay, essentially when you look at all the Hebrew uh, synonyms for happy, okay, words that could be used as happy, you actually see that 90% of those words are used in the same way uh, <clears throat> that another word is used, meaning basically they mean the same. They're used in the same way. They're used in the same context. They convey the same meaning. Uh, 90% of those words are used exactly the same. So you don't need to know what those words are, but you should know that they are often used interchangeably throughout Scripture, uh, and typically uh, the word happy is translated as blessed. Um, now, blessed is a good word, uh, but it is generally accepted by most biblical language scholars uh, that the most accurate translation in most of these situations is simply happy. So why don't they translate it like that? Um, <clears throat> there is, a, for some reason, a divide between these words uh, joy and happiness in the church. Uh, perhaps this is uh, because at some point the church rightly saw that people went after their own desires, okay, and they would claim to be happy or seeking happiness and, and would even experience temporary joy uh, or happiness in these things as they enter into sin uh, and things that God does not want them to be a part of. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so they rightly see that. Uh, and so I think they divide the words uh, happiness and joy to be different, right? Happiness is sort of a temporary uh, thing that Christians really ought to to be not concerned with, but really they should be seeking joy, which is this more uh, eternal feeling. Uh, Oswald Chambers is perhaps the first major voice uh, to suggest a difference. Uh, What is his famous book, My Utmost for His Highest? I forget exactly the title, but, um, but he voices it very strongly in that book that there is a difference. Uh, but the reality is, is that it wasn't a common thought before that, and it uh, has faced notable opposition since then um, by such people as Charles Spurgeon, uh, A.W. Tozer, C.S. Lewis, and even today, John Piper. There are two interesting quotes by these recent heroes of the faith. A.W. Tozer said that Christians ought to be the happiest people in all the world. Why is that not true? John Piper said this specifically about the divide between the words. If you have nice little categories for joy is what Christians have and happiness is what the world has, you can scrap those when you go to the Bible because the Bible is indiscriminate in its uses of the language of happiness and joy and contentment and satisfaction. To help prove that point, Randy Alcorn in his book, Happiness, uh, lists over 100 verses. 
And in those verses, he shows how joy and happiness are being used in the same exact way, uh, or used in the same verse to convey the same exact meaning. Um, A few examples from the NIV would include Esther 8.16. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. Psalm 68.3. May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Zechariah 8.19, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The fast will become joyful, uh, sorry, the feast will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Notice how there's no substantial difference in any of those verses uh, between those those words, joy and happiness. Uh, But especially in the meaning that the verses are trying to convey. It's trying to drum up the same picture of people being happy and joyful and celebrating. Um, there's plenty more evidence in Scripture to look at that, but, uh, yeah, this can be a bit technical, and I know not everyone is technical, but uh, I just wanted to th- throw out there that there is some evidence out there. Um, <clears throat> now, finally, we want to get into our passage today. Uh, we're getting into it, you know, a little late in the message, but there's a reason for getting to it so late, and it's simply because I really felt like we needed to get after that word blessed, because when we approach Scripture— uh, and we look at the word blessed, I feel like we tend to over-spiritualize it. Okay? It is something distant. It is not close to us. Um, but given what I've already said, that, uh, that most translators say that really you can translate blessed as happy, uh, and actually that's probably a better translation for it, let's reread the Beatitudes, our passage this morning, substituting the word blessed with happy, and see what, we've, what we can glean from it. Happy are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Happy are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I don't know about you, but I feel like when I substitute that word, it makes it more relatable for me. If I stop viewing the word blessed as the sort of distant future thing that activates sort of once Jesus returns... I can start to believe it for where I'm at right now. Okay? I can be happy today. It's not a distant thing. It's not something that comes when Jesus comes. Uh, we are growing into this. It is something for us today. And this is really what the Beatitudes are all about. Okay? Happiness and hope. We are happy today despite the many ailments that we go through. Uh, <clears throat> and despite the many ailments in our world because of our trust in that promise. Because of the hope that we have in Jesus. Jesus promises to rectify all these wrong things uh, that we experience. And he gives us joy today because of our trust in that promise. This is what the gospel is. That Jesus redeems us and the world. And how is that good news not happy news? Okay, would we say, oh, no, no, that's just blessed news. Like, no, that's happy. I get happy when I think about it. I smile. Uh, it is a, a uh, feeling that I feel right now. It is not something that I'm thinking about in the future. I am redeemed today. I have happiness today because of that. Um, 
Now, this good news uh, does not necessarily mean that we avoid troubles, right? And if we look at the Beatitudes, uh, we notice the troubles that Jesus is addressing. Whether you suffer from poverty or grief, you experience this joy and happiness when we trust in Jesus because we know that these troubles are temporary. Um, Yeah, many of us have struggled uh, immensely with grief uh, or maybe poverty or just trouble in the world. And yet, uh, there is something about being able to uh, trust in what is coming that makes us happier today, that we can actually work through those things and and live through those things. Um, And we have such a glorious promise to look forward to um, that it does impact our todays. Some of you uh, may struggle with depression or grief, as I've said, uh, and so maybe you feel at odds with this. Um, And this is understandable, but I wanted to share an interview uh, with Randy Alcorn um, talking about his book, and he said this uh, concerning that matter. There was no man who talked more about happiness and joy in the church than Jonathan Edwards. Yet he experienced a vast amount of depression and melancholy. It seems like a contradiction, but it's not. Because he would speak of the joy and happiness of Christ, and pay attention to this, to move his soul from the state of depression. uh, And he was honest and open with his struggles, and it gave him credibility with people. So one of the things I, Randy O'Corn, saying this, say to people in depression is this. Acknowledge it, but realize that even if it lasted the rest of your life in this world, God forbid, that that's a tiny amount of time compared to the true rest of your eternity. Eternity with Jesus Christ awaits in which we'll experience utter and complete happiness and where he promises, I will wipe away the tears from every eye. Um, So yes, I know that depression is very real and uh, many of us have probably heard at some point or another that you are not spiritual uh, if you are uh, struggling with depression and I don't think that that's true and I think actually if you look throughout history, Uh, Some of the greatest Christian leaders uh, in the church were depressed or struggling with that. Um, And I know that uh, it it can be hard to, uh, I guess, find the happiness that I'm talking about here today. But it is there, and at the very least, we do have it in the future that we can cling to. All right, so if God is happy and he created us uh, and gave us dominion over the things of the earth, Wouldn't it stand to reason that God wants us to be happy? Uh, What is the gospel then, if not good news or happy news, about what God has done for mankind? You see, not only is happiness a part of the plan for us by God, uh, I would actually argue it is a part of our spiritual growth. Um, Pretty bold, but uh, to say it even more provocatively, uh, happiness is a part of our sanctification. Um, And actually, I think as you look at the Beatitudes, you start to see that, okay, that uh, as we become more like Christ, we will become happier. Um, when you look at the, uh, the last few verses of the Beatitudes, it, you know, it's saying, you know, it starts with blessed are basically those who are in poverty or experiencing trouble, but then it goes to those who are pursuing good things in the world, right? And they are blessed because of that. Um, and so I think that that points to us to say that Happiness is a part of our sanctification, uh, that as we are growing to be more like Christ, we are going to be naturally happier. Um, After all, we've learned to trust in Christ to forgive us of our sins, uh, to trust the Father with our day-to-day troubles, 
We've learned that in our sorrow we have hope. And it is through these things that we become more like Christ. And it is through these things that we become happier. Think of the most godly people that you know okay, for just a moment. Uh, the people that, if you're honest, you know, you're, you're maybe tempted to think that they love Jesus a little too much. Okay, we all know people like that. Um, now, of course, you can never love Jesus enough, but uh, <clears throat> think about those people, okay? Uh, are they not also some of the happiest people that you know? I mean, there's just something about them, right? They have this glow to them. They are happy. They're experiencing joy here in this life. Um, and they love Jesus, and uh, those things go hand in hand, I think. Um, we are meant to be happy, and I think it's reflected in our spiritual growth. Um, just yesterday, uh, my family and I um, went to the movies, and it was the first time that we have done this with kids. And so, uh, you know, it w we knew going in it was going to be sort of an adventure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I went in expecting I probably wouldn't be able to actually watch the movie, and, um, and that turned out to be true. But... Uh, <laughs> But when we went, you know, we got, you know, the first five minutes at least, um, you know, Petra is sitting down and she had this giant tub of popcorn, uh, you know, that's like bigger than her. She's just eating from it. And Josiah is like happily like, you know, clawing into the bag to get as much as he can. Um, you know, I'm delighting in my children. I'm looking at Diana and she's delighting and, and how excited they are. The movie comes on and Petra is just like, whoa, and like, you know, just like, you know, eyes wide, and she's just, you know, in awe of this, and Josiah is just, like, uncontrollable. He's just like, whoa, this is huge. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I was happy in that moment. I'm, I'm watching my family, this thing that God designed uh, for our world today, and I'm, I'm enjoying my family. I'm delighting in this. Um, you know, and uh, I, I think sometimes <clears throat> we think of moments like that is less spiritual uh, for some reason. <clears throat> when we over-spiritualize joy and we downplay happiness, I think we set ourselves up to miss out on what God uh, has blessed us with in just the little ways. Um, the faces that light up on Christmas morning, uh, the ball game that you just went to, uh, getting to celebrate a friend's birthday, these are all things that, uh, that God wants us to enjoy now. Um, you know, and I think the people that argue that, well, joy is a, an eternal uh, thing. It's not an emotion. Well, uh, first off, it is an emotion. I don't know how you define it any other way. But, but also, uh, it, then is it bad then to celebrate a friend's birthday? I mean, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily happy about it the next day. You know, I, I'm happy in the moment and happy to celebrate with them. But, it, you know, but you move on from that. It, it's a fleeting emotion. Um, uh, and yet... Uh, I think that when we say that that is not really spiritual, you know, that that's, well, really, we want to pursue joy. Um, <clears throat> I think we miss out on moments like that uh, because maybe we're not taking it in as well as we could. Um, God enjoys his creation, and he wants you to enjoy it too. He doesn't expect you to kind of gut your way through this life uh, waiting for eternity uh, but rather that we get to experience a foretaste of the happiness to come. Yes, uh, the happiness that we will experience in eternity is far greater than anything that we will experience here, but it doesn't mean that the happiness that we experience today uh, should be viewed uh, <clears throat> as, as negative or, or not worth pursuing. 
Uh, and I will also add, uh, as we seek to reach the world, I think we have to be very careful uh, in how we approach this sort of topic because um, it is very easy to fall into that trap that, that oh, joy is for the future, uh, but happiness, you know, that's, that's the sinful thing that we seek now. Um, what better way to connect the world with the church, right, than to say, hey, we've sought happiness and we feel like we found it. Uh, I'd invite you to, to uh, seek this for yourself, to seek this happiness here for yourself. Um, because as we've said, everyone in this world is seeking happiness. Um, and if that is true, and we know the source of joy, we know the source of happiness, why not invite them to that? Um, rather than try to burn that bridge and say, well, no, you know, you shouldn't be seeking happiness. Um, you know, again, God has created this world. He wants us to enjoy it. Uh, so rejoice in the Lord and rejoice in the little blessings that he bestows upon you uh, and seek fulfillment in him and not those blessings. Um, because while they are blessings, we do not want to elevate uh, gifts above giver. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I hope that... Uh, that you're tracking with me. I hope that you are understanding at least to a small degree uh, what I'm saying. Again, some of this was more technical, but for some of you, uh, you need that technical side of it to really uh, go with it. But um, let us, uh, as we go through our lives, let us be thinking about that. Uh, maybe you don't agree with me today. I don't know. Um, but I ask that you at least challenge yourself on that thinking. You know, what does the Bible say about this? And what am I possibly missing out on uh, by denying this? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for um, just your blessings in our lives. Um, Father, I thank you for happiness. That's uh, despite the many troubles in this world, that uh, we aren't just stuck in that, uh, <clears throat> in our grief. We aren't stuck um, in the turmoil, but rather... You call us uh, to yourself, and by drawing us to yourself, we experience your love and peace, and this gives us happiness and joy. We thank you for your creation, for the many ways in which uh, you've set things up so that we can enjoy them. We thank you for the people in our lives that bring us joy. Uh, we thank you for uh, church leaders who have gone out uh, and spoken on this topic and, uh, and given it, I think, the righteous uh, <clears throat> attitude toward it that that it deserves. Father, I do pray for those, though, that um, are maybe struggling to accept this, whether it be depression, whether it be sorrow or grief that they experience in the world. Uh, Father, we know that we will experience these things, but we also know that we have our hope in you. Uh, and as you show us in the Beatitudes, I just ask that, uh, that you would help instill that hope in us. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.